Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. And a bunch of former Big Sky players signing professional basketball contracts. We'll go through it all. It is two Telenuanas on a Tuesday afternoon. Happy to be back in studio with all of you here on 1029 ESPN Radio and on SWX Montana Television. Hope you are having a wonderful day. Thanks for spending some of it with us on your radios, on your TVs, or elsewise, on your computers, on the stream, on the YouTube channel, wherever you are. Good to be with you. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. In July is Kurtz Polaris' 30th birthday. Really, 30 years they've been in business. And they are celebrating by giving you 30% off. That's right, 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Husqvarna or Beta dirt bike, or any Crest pontoon boat. Sub restrictions apply. See Kurtz for details. Gets to get to Kurtz Polaris in Missoula and Sealy all month for Kurtz 30th anniversary sale. You want to listen online, as I referenced before, you go to 1029ESPN.com. You listen to the stream. The stream is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It is there thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to call, we'll let you call in as well. 329-1899. That's the Phone number, area code 406-329-1899. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. You give us a call. We will be happy to be with you on that call and uh, hear all the things that you have to say to us about all the things that you have to talk about. That's what we will be interested in doing with you there on the Rankage Brothers phone line. Here's what we're going to go through today. We talked about the all-conference projections, uh, both in terms of the teams and the players uh, coming out of the Big Sky Conference kickoff from uh, last weekend and uh, or from over the weekend, which we were at yesterday there in Spokane. want to cover a couple more things, more sort of philosophically, if I might say, than actually. I want to hear more about the specifics of what this means. Is it reflective or is it perspective? 
per, uh, is it is it reflective going backwards or is it looking into the future? You know what I'm saying? Is it a projection or a reflection of what we anticipate going on this season, or is it just a reward for having a great you know junior year, presumably junior year? Most of these kids seniors, a couple juniors in there. Also, the Open Championship. We may talk about that a little bit coming up on Thursday from uh, well somewhere in uh, Europe, right? Uh, the UK, right? The Isle. Okay, we'll get over there and do that. I'm really <clears throat> excited about this today. In studio, uh, we are going to have uh, a group in from Sports Diplomacy for Sp- Social Change, which is a program from the U.S. Department of State managed by the Mansfield Center at the University of Montana. And they have had a multi-year exchange program, international exchange program, uh, going all over the place. And specifically, this is with Peru and uh, a group of Peruvian women's soccer players and uh, soccer administrators going to be here in the studio with us. Uh, they are uh, native Spanish speakers. There's going to be an interpreter in here with us, but a group went down from Missoula to uh, Peru and uh, and kind of did some teaching and coaching and the game of soccer and all that kind of stuff. And now uh, a group from Peru is coming back to uh, continue that and also just the general cultural exchange, which you know I'm always about. If you get the international travel in there, I mean, it's a huge win across the board. So really excited to uh, having a group come in here uh, here in just about 20 minutes from now, uh, 25 minutes from now, uh, to talk to us about all of those great things in the exchange program that's going on through the Mansfeld Center uh, at the University of Montana. There are several basketball players that have signed uh, uh, contracts overseas to play basketball from the Big Sky Conference. We'll get into a couple of those, including a former uh, Grizzly basketball player and also an update on Tyler Hall and Kelgen Blevins in the Summer League, how they've been going. I know Coulter's been tracking that, the minutes they're getting, how much they're playing and all, all, all of that stuff. Top of the hour, Bobby Howe, the head coach of the University of Montana football team. He'll be the subject of our coach's corner this week. This an interview coming with him, uh, again, from the uh, Big Sky kickoff that we have there. So looking forward to uh, hearing from Coach Houck here at the top of the next hour. And also uh, get into some in-state recruiting, the Missoula Osprey, a whole bunch of other stuff. Coulter, how you doing over there? I think I covered everything today. Just living the dream. Here we are. I got all my stuff what do you, what do you mean, like all of your supplements, all of your brain juice, all that stuff that you keep on working <laughs> Just on? Just got the H2O today. Just uh, forgot the computer, you know, running around, here we are. Is it, uh, I don't know, I don't know if this is really okay to say to the public, but I'm going to say it anyways. Great. Uh, so your, your, uh, your desk is sort of a pharmacy. Oh yeah, you got uh, you got horrible though, horrible in the oh, shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's like you know you go into you know one of these organic, whether it's the good food store, maybe the natural grocery, whatever it is, and you go in there and you get all that you know all that healthy stuff in the pill form, and it's you know all good for you. Uh, and uh, presumably it's you know kind of for uh, you know it's built for an adult, and uh, you know has specific uh, things to do. Anyway, uh, you know I, I'm pretty well documented i don't do a great job of watching my children uh when i'm around with them and uh brought the kids in here and uh came around the corner and there's my two-year-old son now i don't know how many of the manage your food cravings pills that he had eaten i could tell you it was to no effect didn't slow him down one bit but he did get up there, and he just starts opening up caps and just starts, hey, yeah, this this seems good, herbal, I'm into it, and just starts going to work. Of course, I, you know, got my back turned or whatever. I think for the most part, they didn't all get eaten, but uh, 
he was definitely into it. You're 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 uh, creating a, a a follower here in this kid. They're just whey protein. It's good for him. It's probably better than half the stuff he eats. Uh, believe me, half the stuff he eats ain't food. Okay. <laughs> Half the stuff he eats, he found on the floor, in the park, in the car, whatever it is. You know, it's going down. That's the press he's too. It's what two-year-olds do. I don't freak out about that stuff. I'm fine with it, you know? Build up that immune system. I mean, we sent him to the Philippines, for crying out loud. And it has nothing to do with, you know, any country and its standard of living or any of that. But if you go someplace where all the things are foreign to you, there's a bunch of foreign antibodies and stuff out there. And he seemed to deal with that pretty well. Colter, some people like the Clark Fork, some people like the Flat Hood, the Bitterroot. My favorite river has always been Blackfoot. We finally agree on something. Me too. I love Thibodeau Falls. I love Rainbow's End. I love the Blackfoot River. You know, if a company was smart, they'd just name themselves Blackfoot. By God, look at the geniuses over here at Blackfoot. They've gone and they've done it, and now guess what? They're working around the clock and around the state to lay hundreds of miles of fiber optic cables to increase hugely this the efficiency and the speed of communication across the state of montana it's pretty likely you already know blackfoot as a local partner for internet voice professional services anything you need to fuel your growing business but like you said they're building hundreds and hundreds of miles of cable across montana and right now they're expanding expanding their fiber network into bozeman st ignatius and other regions find out more about what blackfoot does give them a call 866-541-5000 or go to goblackfoot.com. That's goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link here on the Podbean site or if you're listening in elsewhere, just copy the URL, drop it in there, goblackfoot.com. He's got a solid constitution, that kid. (laughs) Puts it away. Uh, All right, Coulter. I just wanted to ask you, you know, we spent a lot of time on this. We don't need to rehash all the guys uh, from the the Big Sky Conference who made the all-conference football team and all that. Uh, you know, we will, again, if you weren't with us yesterday, Jake Mayer, the quarterback from UC Davis, uh, is the preseason offensive MVP. Dante Olson, linebacker from the University of Montana, preseason defensive MVP. In total, three University of Montana Grizzlies and five Montana State Bobcats are on uh, either the offense or the defensive uh, or special teams, uh, all preseason teams for the Big Sky Conference. But obviously you have to have done something well historically and i feel like the preseason uh uh we talked about this in terms of the polls whether it's you know a projection or a reflection and i think that when it comes to the players and the teams it's usually more of a backwards looking you know identify the guys who had great years last year and presumably they will repeat those and maybe even better as they go into seniors but how many guys like for instance jace lewis who was selected as a special teamer, the defensive special teamer for his work for the University of Montana in terms of coming down and tackling. But also, you think, as teams start to really key in offensively on Dante Olsen, that Jason Lewis is poised to have potentially a really big year numerically in it, it just his linebacker spot, which he's you know likely going to be uh, playing a, a, high, a big role in for the University of Montana. How many of these guys on here are like, hey, this guy vacated that spot, and now we got a guy coming in here who's going to take it, like maybe Jared uh, Harrell from, from, from UC Davis, now that Keelan Doss is no longer there. Well, Jake Mayer's going to throw the ball to somebody, and he's the number one. He's probably going to be you know, an All-American or an All-Conference type of player. No doubt. And I think he was the one that kind of fits into that mold, and that's actually not uncommon. It's just usually the Eastern Washington uh, era parent that is the guy that kind of slides into that receiver spot. Uh, but, you know, a lot of this is just what you've accomplished before. I mean – 
when you're the preseason or when you were the when you were the Big Sky Offensive Player of the Year a year ago, like Jake Mayer, and now you're back for your senior year, how are you not going to be voted preseason Player of the Year? I mean, you won it a year ago. You're going to be a senior. Yeah. You kind of just slotted it. You're a guy like Mitch Guller from Idaho State who's been a unanimous first team All League selection each of the last two years, and now you're a senior. And I think that's just everybody voted for him. Everybody voted for him. Why wouldn't you? Dante Olson, same thing. I'm sure he was almost unanimous if he wasn't a unanimous vote for preseason defensive player of the year. And the offensive line is oftentimes just about the top returners and the most uh, consistent performers, the guys that have the most experience. I mean, you look at a guy like Mitch Brout from Montana State, and he's working on 35 straight starts. You know, by the time it's all said and done, he's going to be in the 40s. He'll be one of the most have some of the greatest longevity in the history of a Montana State offensive lineman. And, you know, on down the line, some of the other stuff is just based on production. You have the top two rushers in the league, Josh Davis and Elijah Dotson, who are now both back, and they were underclassmen a year ago. Now Davis only a sophomore still, Dotson a junior at Sac State. Uh, but, you know, I, I had really no gripe. There's a lot of really good returners. I think that the two things that I really thought about, well, three things, three, three things that stood out to me about these lists. First of all, is the elevated level of respect that the Montana schools got, and still not back to where it once was. But yeah, we were we were talking about hardly any all-conference candidates, especially for the Grizz in recent years. And well, actually, I guess especially for both teams because Montana State has basically had you know, one or two headlining type players in Jeff Schultz's first couple seasons, and then not a lot after that. They've had some star freshmen, like Chris Murray was the freshman of the year in the league. Troy Anderson was the freshman of the year, and then on the Grizz side. Because there was, you know, under Bob Stitt, the, the offense was so spread all over the place with the numbers, you didn't really have a dominant guy to vote for from a receiver or running back perspective. Mm-hmm. Brady Gustafson was kind of always in the middle of the pack as a quarterback, never kind of the top guy. Right. Chris Jensen got some headlines, but then he was out so promptly. And then it seemed like on the defensive side, Montana's kind of lost its allure, especially in the, you know, when you talk about the spots where Montana's always had absolutely dominant players. Defensive end. linebacker, safety. There hasn't really been that premier guy, with the exception of a handful of guys like Caleb Kidder, like Josh Buss, but then you have you know, injuries like, like Buss endured. So there's been some extenuating circumstances that have contributed to the Cats and Grizz maybe not getting the love that they deserve yeah. or that they're not, not necessarily deserve. Because there wasn't anybody that was necessarily even snubbed these last couple of years as much as they just had a, uh, they didn't have the premier talent that they once had. Now that it's back to that point, though, so that was one of the things was just the love that the Cats and the Grizz got. I think the second thing is, that the fact that five Montana State Bobcats were on this list and the fact that both of those five guys, four of them are seniors and the other one is Troy Anderson, and all five of those guys are Jeff Choate recruits, guys that Choate and his staff developed, it shows you the way that you can turn a corner as a program when you are dedicated and committed to the vision that is a holistic rebuilding. Because look at a guy like Braden Conkle. They basically they threw him, threw him to the wolves the second half of his redshirt freshman year and said roll. And he's played both free safety and strong safety and will linebacker and Sam linebacker over the last three years. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, he's the most grizzled veteran of any safety in the league. And I think that everybody in the league would tell you he's the best strong safety in the league. And that's what happens when you let a guy develop that has the, talent, the pure talent that he does, but also the work ethic to get better. But then you also have some of the other symbolic things of the Jeff Chart era. You have Bryce Dirk on the team, who's one of the guys that's part of the pipeline from Washington, a guy that Choate recruited heavily to get him to Washington and then just couldn't really break it in the lineup, so then he brought him to Montana State. A guy like Munchie Filer, who's a junior college guy, who really 
went from a guy that had no real uh, collegiate polish to one of the best shutdown corners in the league the second half of the year last year. Mm-hmm. And you know, so you have kind of every element. And then you have the star freshman that now is a junior in Troy Anderson, who's kind of this do-everything player. A guy like Mitch Brott, who they kind of just threw to the Wolves again when he was year one, Jeff Choate, redshirt freshman, bam, you're in. And let's see how we can build this thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you can see, that's where Montana State has so many high expectations, though, right? Because they have guys not just on this all-conference team, but guys across the roster, guys like Derek Marks and Marcus Ferreter and Chase Benson and Tyrell Thomas and Damian Washington and on down the line, Lewis, uh, along the offensive line, Lewis Kidd, Connor Wood, guys that they Montana State recruited and invested in and put into the starting lineup as really young players who now are no longer young. And when you have that amount of returning experience... What, what did Jake Mayer say? He told us that Dan Hawkins always talks about the three factors. You need stability, you need talent, and you need cohesiveness. And when you have guys that have the experience, like Montana State does, I think that's where you get these high expectations. So um, I think the, the, the all-conference stuff, I thought that the, the preseason stuff was, was basically right on the money. Almost every single guy that I voted for was elected preseason all-conference. I thought there was only a couple that maybe were – Snubs, but not necessarily even a snub. You know, like at the center spot, for example, Zach Larson got it from Southern Utah. He's the best player on a one-win team. He got it over Spencer Blackburn, who is the best offensive lineman on a team that went to the national championship. I always vote for the guy that's on the better team when you're talking about an offensive lineman. But, yeah, it's here nor there. They're both All-Americans. So I thought, by and large, the uh, the all-conference list was pretty much right. Here's my only issue with the list, and it's not about it's not about any guy who was on it or any guy who isn't on it. It's about the way that I think it has to be comprised, and it comes back around once again and you'll hear Bobby t- Bobby Houck talk about this at the top of the hour to scheduling yeah it's always going to be especially at this point when you're voting on it six months after the fact yeah not six six months up to the end of the season now looking forward into the season it's always going to be strongly influenced if not wholly based in numbers in statistics and in the Big Sky Conference, it's almost necessarily the case because you're not seeing everybody play. Very, you know, very likely, if you are, let's put it like this, the FCS, you're usually attached to one team, a team. If you're a fan, it's your team, your alma mater, whatever it is. But even if you're a coach, it's the, it's the team, you're, you're obviously the coach of that team, and you're going to go play the teams that you're going to play. Coaches are not generally, at some point, sitting back and watching Teams against, you know, games with, that didn't involve teams that they're not going to play at some point just be just for fun. They got plenty of film to watch. They're not going to add to it usually, you know, uh, uh, just just on their own time for whatever reason. Okay? They're focused in on the teams they're going to play. So they know those teams very well. But guess what? If you don't play a team, you don't know that team at all. And that's four or five teams, nearly half, you know, fully a third of of what the conference comprises. And I think that you could get a better feel when it comes to the voting for this stuff. And that includes media members too, by the way, who are, you know, beat writers for particular teams or whatever it might be. You know, if, if, you know, uh, again, if you're playing everybody and you can go, oh yeah, I mean, talk to me about X number of tackles, X number, but I saw that guy, I saw that interior lineman eat up three blockers on every single play and on a defense that gave up 200 yards on an afternoon or whatever it might be. Those sorts of things do get lost in the wash in the Big Sky Conference, and I think that's too bad. That said, again, I think that 
generally speaking, you're going to get this stuff right. I mean, I think about 80% of this list is pretty uncontroversial, you know, maybe even more. And that's the norm year in and year out. I mean, it's rare that you're going to have a year where everybody just goes, yeah, I don't know, about five guys I feel good about and everybody else kind of up for grabs. No, you're going to know. You're going to know who basically the best guys are uh, out there. But I think that there's there's room for improvement. And it, it, to me, to an extent, it's going to, you know, it comes back to the schedule, even though, again, the statistics, the numbers on it are, are always going to be part of it. And certainly coaches talk. You know, there's coaches, there's coaches in every conference who don't really like each other, and there's coaches in every conference who are great buddies. And they're always going to talk about, well, who, what did you think about this guy? What do you think about that guy? So they, they know, you know, they get, you get that feedback. But, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a small thing as it pertains to this, but it is yet another sort of negative arm of the construction of the Big Sky Conference for football. The one thing that we haven't re- we we glossed over it, and I don't really know how we just glossed over it, but I think that the one discussion point here is Troy Anderson being named to the, the preseason all-conference team as a fullback. Right. Greg Rockhouse tweeting out earlier today, unanimous first team all-conference last year as a quarterback, unanimous first team all-conference this year as a fullback. The, the, the end of the year last year, the, the the real award, and then this year the sort of projected award. And, I mean, I, I Montana State basically pushed for his nomination on the offensive side of the ball because, again, he was a unanimous first-team all-league selection last year offensively. And coupled in the fact that there's only a couple teams in the league that really use traditional fullbacks, Cal Poly being one of them because they run the triple option, uh, Weaver State being one of them, and Joe Prothrow, and in my opinion, the greatest fullback in Big Sky Conference history. I mean, the greatest ball-carrying fullback in Big Sky Conference history. I think he finished in the, you know, the top five in the history of the league in rushing yards. Is graduated. And Brady May, who was a, a second-team All-Conference, but also a second-team All-American last year at Weaver State, he graduated too. So there's not really there's not really a logjam there. It's the opposite of that at the position. But I also thought it was interesting that Troy Anderson is basically slated as a a full-time defensive guy this year, and he still got the nod on offense. Troy Anderson is it's just such, it's so symbolic of the anomaly that he is when you're analyzing the league because Troy Anderson has to be on the all-conference team. He has to be, but they just don't, no one knows what position right. to put him at. Yeah, I, to me, it's equally as, it's easily, it's easily, it's as easily as questionable to put Troy Anderson as an, as an outside linebacker where he's never played really as it is to play, put him at fullback, which is also a position he never played, but he's also played on offense. So, I mean, Troy Anderson would be the ultimate guy for the for the question that I posed off the top, which is, you know, how much of this can just be projection? Like, to me, I would have no problem. Like, listen, there's there's some really good linebackers on, you know, that are, that are sitting here. Dante Olsen, Cody Graves, I mean, phenomenal interior guys. Austin Tech, Bryce Sturck, uh, you know, great exterior guys at linebacker. Now, I'm not advocating for any one of these guys to be moved off of this list. But if you were going to tell me, hey, for the year of our Lord, 20 and 19, which has not yet transpired in the realm of football, I got Troy Anderson being an all-conference selection as an outside linebacker or an inside linebacker, whatever it would be. It would be uncontroversial to me on that point, you know? Provided that he's going to play that, the one place where I would get, you know, where where you go, okay, well, well, what are we doing here? Is if you put him on this list at that spot and he goes out there and he, you know, 
takes five snaps a game at that spot. You know, that that would be, which he might do. I mean, which he might do. We have no idea, you know, the extent to which he's going to be used. And we've talked on this show that I think that 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 is one of, I think, the very, very big questions that that, that is both a football and, quite frankly, to me, an ethical question that Jeff Choate and his staff have to discuss and come to terms with. Because you could and would, from a football standpoint, play Troy Anderson every single football play of every single football game. And... But but you just can't do that to a guy, physically speaking. And so, you know, how is he going to be used? Where is he going to be used? Is obviously going to be an ongoing uh, highlight and spotlight, rather, throughout this season. Here's a hypothetical for you. All right. Troy Anderson rushed for 1,412 yards and 21 touchdowns last year, the former being the most ever by a, a quarterback in the history of the Big Sky Conference, and I think the third most ever in, in a single season at Montana State. The second, the latter... The 21 touchdowns, a program record at Montana State, and one of the top five totals in the history of the league as well. That was good enough to be a unanimous first-team all-league selection. And, and an all-American as an all-purpose player. One would think. Well, that, I mean, that he was an, an all-American a year sure. ago. Yeah. No, you're right, you're right. I'm saying, yeah. So this year, the, the best projection I could give of how Montana State's going to use Troy Anderson is as a guy who receives between, I'd say, 10 and 15 offensive touches per game whether that's at running back, at wildcat quarterback, as the fullback in a two-back set, as a wing tight end, maybe even as a slot receiver. Montana State's going to figure out a way to get Troy Anderson the ball both in, between the tackles and on the perimeter about 10 to 15 times per game. I, I would say it's safe to say that Troy Anderson will probably have similar, maybe a little bit better offensive statistics as he did his true freshman year. His true freshman year, he rushed for 515 yards. He also caught about 150 yards worth of passes and scored six total touchdowns. I think that he'll, he'll probably have between 650 and 800 yards of offense and, you know, call it half a dozen, maybe eight touchdowns. I think that's kind of the, the, the range I would put it at. I also think that he'll play uh, significant, but maybe not full-time defensive snaps. I think he'll be prevalently figured into a lot of packages, especially on third down. So I guess my question for you is, say you scrapped everything that Troy Anderson could be this year, and he just played quarterback, and he surpassed his statistics from last year. Let's say he was a 1,600-yard rusher with 22, 23 touchdowns as a quarterback. Or he does what he'll probably do this year, and he has a smattering of rushing yards, a smattering of catches, some offensive touchdowns, but also has, you know, say 50 tackles and half a dozen sacks. Which is a better all-league, all-American, and MVP resume? Well, like the gaudy offensive statistics that come from being a full-time exclusive offensive player that always has the ball in his hands, or spread-out statistics that maybe not one, none of them lead the league, but the fact that he has all of them makes him completely unique. I don't think it matters, because I think you could just mark it. Um, and like you said, I mean, who knows where to put him, but he's got to be on the list. So presumably, you know, if he stays healthy and all that kind of stuff, it, it, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is what Coach Choate and that staff assess to be the most effective use of him, and the only barometer which they will use for that is how are we going to win football games. The other thing I would offer is for all the stats that say he racked up some some insane some if he did something better than what he did last year quarterback I mean we just, it's just mind boggling 
<clears throat> but also, if you got another quarter, like the reason he's playing quarterback is because they're not comfortable with anybody else playing quarterback. Right. If they became comfortable with somebody else playing quarterback, What is replacing Troy Anderson is certainly a step down, you know, productivity-wise. But also, provided that you are going to get such a boost at other spots, both sides of the ball, and what the quarterback might bring to this table when you talk about, you know, maybe the ability to throw a little bit, then, you know, certainly overhauls that. And as far as, I don't know, man. This is this is kind of the ultimate test of the true uh, 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 move to vagueness in terms of positional football. Mm-hmm. Football has been the most positioned sport ever. Like, this is what you are. This is who you are. I mean, the closest we're getting is like Jimmy Graham with the Saints trying to say that he's a wide receiver for the sake of, you know, a boost in pay. Um, but basically, you are what you are. How you get used might be, you know, and then the, the, the whole outside linebacker defensive end thing, you know, now kind of that tweener, which used to be, tweener used to be a bad thing. Now tweener can be a good thing because you're really versatile. Do you believe in Troy Anderson enough to, ap- to literally game to game based on the opponent go, this is what you are this Saturday? I could see him being the quarterback Two for full time quarterback, two games. Well, see, that's what full time running back, two games. Basically, the full time linebacker, four games, and then a mix. Through, I mean, I'm not saying that's what they're gonna. Is it a mix every game? Is it super heavy to one, depending on the opponent or how you want to use them? And and that's the big question of you know, it's it's such it's such an interesting dynamic to try and figure out. And also, are other guys cool with all of a sudden? Well, now Troy Anderson's the quarterback today, and you're not. Well, now all of a sudden, Troy Anderson's the running back today, and you're not. You know, I don't, I don't know how that all plays, uh, but I think there's real potential for something like that that could be, you know, a truly, if I may say, Belichickian approach where literally every, you know, there's nothing that we do. We do everything. We see what our opponent can't do, and then we just do that over and over and over. And if, if Troy Anderson's the hammer in that thing and in exploiting whatever that weakness is all the time because you think he can do everything. And the best thing for Troy Anderson individually is just to become a Sam linebacker and play defense exclusively and maybe play offense. Yeah, we're talking about, like, play, a look at the league. Play offense like Caden Ellis played offense at, Ellis, at, at Idaho. Caden Ellis is now with the, the Saints. He was a first-team all-league guy last year at Idaho. And Caden Ellis played probably 50 offensive snaps total last year. And he played probably 100 as a junior and a, a sophomore and a junior. So, you know, you're talking less than 10 a game. And then he was, you know, full-time buck-end at Idaho. That's what's, that would be what would be best for Troy Anderson individually. As far as what is the most effective way to use his explosive ability on both sides of the ball, I think that if you give him 10 to 12 touches a game on mostly, like, toss plays, they run that, that halfback sweep yeah. where he runs basically he runs the 200 meters yeah. he does the turn like he did in high school when he's a state champion that's when he just can murder people because when he turns the corner his acceleration up the sidelines is second to nine in the league it's not it's not close and when he's coming downhill at you look out and he can i mean he scored two touchdowns in missoula on that exact same play and cat Gris two years ago and then on defense 
I think you use him as a as a package guy. Which, again, this is not what's best for Troy Anderson in his overall development because he needs to be a full-time linebacker for his individual development. Yeah. But if you played Troy Anderson 10 to 15 plays a game on offense and played him 25 to 30 plays a game on defense, mostly on third down and pass rush situations, and he could just pin his ears back and go, that's when I think he's actually going to have the biggest effect on the game. And I remember in 2011 when Brad Daly was a sophomore. He wasn't starting yet, but he was their third down guy. They called it, uh, they called it their Viper package. Montana State did. Daly just came in and put his hand on the ground and just went Tasmanian devil on the tackle, and he never had to hold the edge. He never had to make a read. If it was third and seven or more, Brad Daly's in the game, and he is just wasting that offensive tackle because he just had to do nothing but speed rush. And if you, mm-hmm. if you just give Brad Daly a full tank of gas and 30 speed rush plays, he's going to win once. Mm-hmm. And if he's really wearing the guy out, he's going to win three times. Mm-hmm. I just think Troy Anderson could be that same type of guy. But, again, that's not, what, that's not what's best for Troy Anderson, but it might be what's best for Montana State. Who knows? It is it, it, what you said. It's a great word you use to describe it because it's not just a logistical or – a schematic decision. It's an ethical decision too. Yes, it is. It is. And, and and if you really ride this thing all the way down the rabbit hole, you could play Troy Anderson both ways the whole time, but he ain't gonna last. No, because no one is a superhuman. I mean, he, he he could he could get through it, and he could probably get through a game or a couple games, maybe even a month. Mm-hmm. But he, if you start rolling with him as 20 carries a game and playing 60 defensive snaps, the kid's gonna, he's going to disintegrate. And you, you just can't help, you can't do that to such a tremendous athlete. Stu Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Uh, we will set this aside, and we got a bunch of stuff to get to. Uh, and so we will do that now. Next, in studio, very excited about this. Camila Zapata, Sissy Quiroz, and Maria Claudia. They are uh, from Peru. And they are here as part of the Sports Diplomacy Sport for Social Change program, which is sponsored by the U.S. Department of State and managed by the Mansfield Center at the University of Montana. Uh, they were uh, they welcomed uh, some folks from the university, from Missoula down to Peru, and they have now returned up here to uh, to the states and to Western Montana uh, to sort of complete the exchange. Really excited to talk to them and what they're up to in the world of women's soccer and international exchanges. Right after this. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. They're not in first. The season hasn't started. They're in the first tier of the professional league. That's what I'm getting at. The guy who writes these isn't very articulate. That's fine. We're writing them late. It's a problem. It's two telling new 1029 ESPN Radio. 
And some days it's fun to do this job, and some days it's really fun to do this job. And this is one of the latter. Uh, we are very excited to uh, welcome in to the studio a handful of folks. If you're watching on SWX, this is uh, prime time for you. Uh, we got uh, a group of people from the Sports Diplomacy uh, for Sp Social Change Program, which is sponsored by the U.S. Department of State and managed by the Mansfield Center at the University of Montana. We welcome in Cece Kiros. Okay, Camila Zapata, and an interpreter as well, but also from Peru, Maria Claudia. How are you all? You good? Yes, sí. Muy bien. Good. I'm good. glad glad that you could be here. Uh, I will, uh, I'll not embarrass myself by working on my Spanish. I have a smattering of individual <laughs> words and no connectors. No grammar for me when it comes to Spanish. Uh, Maria, let me just ask you, though, uh, a little bit, because you are from uh, Peru as well, so you're traveling on this exchange. And what it is is it's, it's empowering women through sport and specifically through soccer. Uh, and there was a group from Montana that came down to Peru, and now you are back here. But what has this program been like for, for you in Peru? as part of this? Well, I was able to interpret when the Montana delegation visited Peru. It was very um, exciting. They were all very willing to share their knowledge. Uh, soccer is recently being developed in Peru. You guys are way ahead of us, so it was great to have experienced uh, not only soccer, soccer players, but uh, persons that have knowledge in nutrition and empowerment and gender equality, and I think that we have uh, all benefit as a group from all that. And uh, Cece, you have started a women a women's soccer league in Peru. Mm -hmm. How did you get to do that? How did you start this? Eh, bueno, yo empecé hace unos cinco años cuando vi una necesidad de falta de práctica de fútbol en el Perú. Entonces, con una socia decidimos crear este espacio para que todas las mujeres puedan practicar fútbol fuera de prejuicios y discriminación. So, Sissy says that she encountered, five years ago, she noticed that there were not a lot of spaces available for women to be able to play or practice soccer without uh, discrimination or without all the prejudices that exist around this. So, she created with her business partner, the uh, Ligas Femeninas Siete, that is a safe space for women to actually get to practice and play soccer. And why has it been like that? Like, what are the factors that go into, you know, that's, that's, that is foreign to us in America by and large? Now, it's certainly not completely equal in the United States either, but there isn't really a stigma with women playing sports. In fact, this is a big part of what we do here is just talking about that. So why is that, why does that exist in, in Peru? Porque el fútbol siempre ha sido practicado por hombres eh, a las mujeres la, las hicieron de lado y eh, la práctica de las mujeres no ha sido normalizada todavía es eh, básicamente por el machismo que está enraizado en el Perú It's very it's something cultural that happens in Peru uh, soccer is mainly about men women have been marginalized from the sports and this is due to sexism basically that it's very cultural in Peru Camilla, talk about that element of this because we've seen the level that women's soccer can rise to, especially with the recently completed World Cup. And you look at the United States national team, the success that they've had, and some of the other uh, sort of countries that have been progressive in this element. Uh, how do you hope to maybe uh, promote awareness for all this? And uh, do you believe that Central American and South American countries can reach that level? Eh, bueno, justamente somos 20 personas las que hemos venido hasta Montana 
para poder capacitarnos y tratar de vencer todas las barreras que en nuestro, en nuestro país aún existen. So we're a group of 20 people that have come to Montana to be able to train and develop skills to go back and implement these skills and, and all what we are going to be learning back in our country to try to fight the barriers and overcome the barriers that exist in Peru. Mm -hmm. Tenemos todavía mucho trabajo por hacer, eh, pero sin embargo estamos aprendiendo de ustedes que son los campeones del mundo en fútbol femenino, así que tenemos la esperanza de poder llegar a nuestro país que es muy machista eh, y por lo tanto vencer este machismo y hacer que las mujeres y las niñas puedan disfrutar del fútbol femenino. But we're very positive because we are learning from the best. You guys have won the World Cup uh, when talking about the female team. So we hope that we can be able to get back to our countries and work around this stigma and overcome this sexism barrier that exists so more girls and uh, women get to play sports, soccer specifically in Peru. Are you finding that it seems like women's sports, and especially soccer, the World Cup, has gotten a lot more exposure globally than, than maybe what it has in the past? Does that help when, when you can turn on the television and watch the World Cup in Peru and, and people become accustomed to seeing that? Sí, definitivamente eh, va a ser muy importante para el fútbol femenino del mundo. Se necesita visibilidad. Necesitamos tener imágenes de mujeres fuertes. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, this is going to be important to all female soccer around the world. We need visibility. We need to have role models, women, strong women playing soccer to be able to follow. Y necesitamos que todo el mundo vea que las mujeres también podemos practicar fútbol, que podemos ser fuertes, que podemos ser líderes. Y sabemos que esto es muy importante para las niñas porque el fútbol te da más que un deporte. El fútbol te da mucha fortaleza, valores y principios. So we need to show that we women can be strong, can be strong enough, tough enough, disciplined enough to play soccer. And not only the piece of sports, but that these gives you a lot of values and helps you develop a lot of skills that are good not only to play like on a field, but outside. And this is good for our girls and our women to see. Have you seen growth already as you guys have tried to implement this program and, and you guys have been working on what you've been working on? Sí, definitivamente desde que creamos Ligas Femeninas, que es mi organización, ha habido un cambio fundamental en la sociedad. Eh, ahora a ninguna mujer le da vergüenza decir que juega fútbol y por redes sociales con orgullo cada una puede exponer a su comunidad y decir yo juego fútbol y soy feliz de hacerlo. Yes, this is starting a change, especially through since the creation of Liga Femenina Siete. She's able to see that more women feel comfortable saying that they play actually they play soccer, and many of them feel very happy to share this in their own social networks. They no longer feel ashamed or afraid of saying I play soccer and I really enjoy doing it. Sutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, Camila Zapata, Cici Quiroz, and Maria Claudia in studio with us uh, from Peru, part of the Sports Diplomacy for Social Change program. Uh, and uh, here, uh, thanks to the Mansfeld Center at the University of Montana, who uh, has sent a contingent from Missoula, from Western Montana, down to Peru, and now a group of 20 uh, back here. Uh, again, talking about empowering women and girls through sports, and specifically in Peru through the sport of soccer. I got to ask you now, though, about, uh, you know, not soccer stuff. 
what what are you what's it like being in the states? Have you been to the to the United States before? And how lucky are you to come to the greatest state by God of the state of Montana? Antes y que han estado ante la oportunidad y que son super tortugas de venir al mejor estado de Estados Unidos. Eh, definitivamente he estado en tres o cuatro estados de, de Estados Unidos y creo que me quedo con, con Montana. Eh, me gusta mucho el sentido de comunidad que tienen acá, la manera en la, en la que se tratan unos con otros. Siento que hay mucho amor entre todos y eso me encanta. Uh, Camila has been in four different states before in the United States and definitely she stays in Montana. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Because yeah. she feels that there is a very strong community sense mm. that people are very friendly to each other. You guys treat each other in a very good way and you can feel kind of the love that's in the environment. So that is why this is one of her favorites so far. That makes me feel very good. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm saying. Cece, let me ask you... What's what has been something though that's odd to you? Because I know when I've traveled to other countries, there's always something that I I had no idea that this was going to be like this here. So what's been something that you like? Wow, I didn't know this was what was happening in the in the U.S. Bueno, me ha encantado ver la cantidad de canchas de fútbol que tienen. En, en el Perú hay una limitada infraestructura deportiva y ver que hay como 14 canchas en un solo espacio ha sido increíble. Actually, to get to see the amount of soccer fields that you have available in Peru, there is a lack of uh, public spaces and private spaces. So it's incredible to see that you have like 14 soccer fields for just this space. Camilla, you're making a documentary. Who are Peruvian women soccer players is the title. Tell us a little bit more about that, what you've learned through the process of making that documentary. Eh, bueno, ese documental es una responsabilidad que asumo porque las mujeres del fútbol peruano, que son las jugadoras, eh, las árbitras, las periodistas deportivas y toda una serie de mujeres que están en el interior, necesitan ser visibilizadas y respetadas. This is a task that she took very personal, not only uh, because she feels the responsibility to uh, for the soccer players themselves but the soccer the female soccer coaches the sports reporters or journalists that are female the referees that are female referees it's it's part of a responsibility to make visible that they all exist and they need to be respected eh, porque actualmente por ejemplo las referees son discriminadas las jugadoras de fútbol no son profesionales no tienen contratos y por ejemplo un sueldo de, de un hombre futbolista es como de tres mil dólares y el de una mujer con suerte es de como 250 dólares entonces ahí está la realidad de nuestro país uh, also it is very hard uh, for women uh, around soccer they are very discriminated referees are discriminated the soccer players female soccer players don't seem to get a contract a formal contract also when talking about the wage gap a professional soccer, male soccer player in Peru can make $3,000 a month and a female soccer player can make $250 if they're lucky to make it. Mm, yeah, that that is a uh, giant disparity. It's not, uh, it's it's something that you are have all worked very hard to change and to make good. And uh, that is that is fantastic that you've done it. Uh, we'll get you out of here on this one question. Now, it's here, up here bordering Canada. What do we know about Peru? Lima? Uh, Machu Picchu, right? That's that's the uh, Machu. Are you correcting my yes. Spanish? I mean, come on. Zapatos lo tienen. Zapatos. That's what I know. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, and okay, Machu Picchu and uh, lots of mountains. Okay, but what should we know about? 
Peru that we don't know. Tell us what we need to know about the country of Peru. Tienes que probar la comida, que es increíble. Ceviche, arroz con pollo, ají de gallina. You need to get to know our Peruvian cuisine, which yes. is great. Yes, I'm into that. I'll do that. I'm I'm with that all day long. Okay, what about what about you, Camila? What do I need to know? Yo creo que también algo que, que pueden conocer y, y disfrutar es la hinchada cuando se ve un partido de fútbol. Creo que, eh, digamos, en ningún país vas a vivir un partido de fútbol como nosotros lo vivimos. Eh, digamos, cuando estamos en un estadio, cantamos, eh, tenemos barras, nos volvemos locos, nos sacamos los polos. Entonces creo que eso les gustaría vivir y hacer periodismo de eso también. So we have... We cheer up a lot when we go to stadiums, like other crowds go crazy. They're very committed. They're quite organized. They go bananas. They do crazy stuff. <laughs> But they are always cheering for our team, which is great. And I think that is awesome from our country. I think you've come to the right state then for I that very thing. How are you some grizzly and some cat fans out there who I think would be very at home in Peru uh, of all places? Hey, thank you so much for being here. It's wonderful to have you in our studio, in our town, in our country, and and. Uh, We hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful time. And uh, we have tremendous respect for all of the work that you're doing there. Uh, it's really, really important, and, and we applaud you for that. And uh, and to the Mansfield Center as well for being uh, sort of the American half of this exchange. But thank you very, very much for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much. I think Missoula is a special place to stay. So thank you and all the people we know and we're going to know in these days. Uh, we love Montana and Missoula, so we're going to stay. Uh, if <laughs> the program wants to come back again, we uh, uh, for sure we're coming back. You're on your back. way? I love it. That's <laughs> good. Hey, when you're out, you hear that, people? When you're out there, you see 20 Peruvians walking around, you be nice, okay? You give them food, and you take care of them. You show them all the best stuff about uh, about our little corner of the world, okay? Hey, it's Tutel Nuanas. Quick break. We'll keep it international. Some basketball players going to Europe, France and Spain specifically, from the Big Sky Conference to play professionally. We'll get to that right after this. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed. Yes, it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, I think you as well, fiber. Gotta have it. You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You gotta get all that stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana. Through Bozeman and around Gallatin County, more than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive, innovative, and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing. Click on the link below, goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana. So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now. Welcome back. How great was that? Rhetorical. We know it was great. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Online at KurtzPolaris.com, and they are celebrating their 30th birthday. 30 years Kurtz Polaris has been in business, and they're celebrating by 
giving you uh, one of their biggest discounts ever, 30% off. That's right, 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Husqvarna or Beta dirt bike, or any Crest pontoon boat. Some restrictions apply. See Kurtz for details. Get to Kurtz, Missoula, and Sealy all month for Kurtz's 30-year anniversary sale. I mean, sign me up. You know what I mean, Coulter? I mean, Peru? Let's Great. go. See, I have not been to South America. Now, this is how much of a dope I am. I went to Costa Rica at one point, and I thought that I, you know, even as I was there, I was like, this is great because I'm getting a new country and a new continent. Little did I know. Central America. I was, well, I mean, I know it's Central America, but I thought that it was, I, I thought that, that, frankly, Mexico was the cutoff point for North America. I mm. thought we were a three-country uh, 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 continent, and, uh, well... You know, I had to brush up on my geography a little bit, figure out where the tectonic plates actually meet. So I did not, I've not been to South America and uh, any of the countries, uh, well, you know, any country, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in, let's go. But South America in particular, how great would that be? How, that couldn't be sweeter though, huh? You know, here's what I love about it. You get uh, 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 one individual, one gal in here, Cece, speaks no English whatsoever. Claudia speaks a little bit of English, and then Maria is the interpreter. Uh, and they come in here, and you don't need to say one word to know these people are just just couldn't be sweeter. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? They're just so kind, and that was that was a lot of fun. And hey, got a little Espanol on the radio. Got to be a first for two telenovelas, huh? Um, as far as full, full in oh full in Spanish full, interview, full in Spanish. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Never had an interpreter here. We occasionally needed an interpreter for us, <laughs> but we've never needed it for the I mean, for, yeah. for a different language. Madden yeah. rating, 100 words people don't understand. Yeah. Ryan Tutel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, who would know about the Madden rating? What a deal that is. Hey, uh, let's uh, briefly quick hit some, uh, some quick hitting news bites here. Um, Jordan Davis, uh, who was the MVP of the Big Sky Conference last year out of Northern Colorado, has signed to play in Spain. And uh, former Montana, University of Montana center Jamara Coe has signed to play uh, with the uh, a basketball club in France called Corral Roan Basket. Uh, and that is in the first division LNB Pro A League in France, which if it's first division and Pro A, I don't know what LNB is, but that sounds pretty good. So the top-tiered professional league in France, and, uh, and so congratulations to both of those guys. We know that uh, uh, Michael Loguine and Ahmad Rory are both uh, still working every day. And I think, you know, this is about the time where this stuff starts to generate. After the draft, you go through some of the summer league stuff. And this is when a lot of the European leagues and teams have their drafts and are starting to make their phone calls of guys they want. And so I, I imagine that there we'll, we'll hear more of this as it goes. And the summer league uh, is... Is it over now? Did it end this weekend? It, it, the championship game, game was on uh, Sunday, I believe. Okay, it was on Sunday. So that's all done. And Tyler Hall and Kelgen Blevins from Montana State, both in that uh, summer league. And Coulter, give the people an update because I know you were researching some of this stuff about just some of the, the, the minutes and stuff that those guys have been getting. Well, first of all, to, uh, to extrapolate on your point about the other Grizz guys, Maud Rory and Michael Guinea both played in the Worldwide Invite down in Vegas. Right. That's right. Which is a collection of... Basically, a lot of the top college guys who didn't necessarily get invited to the summer league, the NBA summer league. But I mean, guys like David Crisp from Washington uh, is in that league, and a, and a variety of other guys that were 
the people's name you would recognize the names and and it's explicitly basically a tryout for a bunch of european it's almost like a play european combine there's some nfl or excuse me nba scouts there too mm-hmm. but mostly you're just trying to get noticed by some of the international teams and uh, ahmad Rory tweeted about three hours ago he said had a great time in vegas at the worldwide invite blesses blessed is an understatement Big news coming soon. Okay. And he changed his Twitter profile to say professional basketball player, so I think that's indicative of him getting a contract to go play overseas. So I think that that's a, it's a good thing. It's a good fit. That's exactly what Ahmad Rory should be doing. That's exactly where his skill set lies. And uh, you can make a great living with the abilities and drive he has. I think that uh, if he wants to pursue it to its fullest, I think that he will uh, be playing basketball for basically as long as he wants and as, bo- as long as his body allows him to. So, uh, good for him. And you know, Gina, he I guess his body will allow him to for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty, pretty gifted in terms of the uh, strength and endurance elements of things. Um, Michael Gina was also a, a game MVP. Not, no, no word for him as far as his future, but I wouldn't be surprised if he got a little bit of a look as well. Um, but then on the NBA Summer League front, Town Hall's playing for the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls went 2-3 and three in summer league pool play. Hall only appeared in two games. He played three minutes each game. I watched a lot of it, of it and I never saw him actually even touch the ball. He did not have a field goal attempt. The only stat he ever picked up was one personal foul. So uh, that's a bummer for him because, you know, opportunities were lacking, and he he's the guy that's only, the only way he's going to make an NBA team is if he shoots the ball and makes the shot, basically. And so limited minutes for him. He got several... DMPs did not plays, so that's kind of a bummer. We'll see what his future holds. Uh, I mean, he obviously is a guy that has the talent to play overseas for sure. Uh, I just I don't know if that's in his plans because he's kind of had all of his all his focus on going to the NBA. But uh, we'll see how that all works out. And Kelvin Blevins, who I think pundits would say got a shout at the Blazers because his cousin's Damian Lillard. He actually got some good minutes. He played. Nine minutes one game. He played 16 minutes one game. He scored five points and had three rebounds in a game. He had a huge putback dunk. So he actually was getting playing time as well as was producing during that playing time too. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the, we were talking about the, the NFL draft and the NBA draft and the way that prospecting works, especially in the NBA. And it basically just comes down to, you know, you could be as good of a basketball player as you can be. I mean, you can't really be much better in terms of ball handling and tempo than Ahmad Rory. Can't really be much better at shooting than, than Tyler Hall. But are you an NBA athlete? Do you have an NBA body? And the thing is, Kelton Blevins produced nowhere close to the level of Ahmad Rory, who was a 1,500-point scorer during his career at Montana, or Tyler Hall, who was the all-time leading scorer in the history of the Big Sky Conference, scored over 2,500 points at Montana State. I mean, Kelton Blevins averaged 9.5 points per game last year. But you line those three guys up, and you say, well, which guy is the most NBA? It's Kelton Blevins sure. because of the what he looks like. I mean, he's, he's 6'5", 200 Five two hundred ten pounds. Of, I mean, he looks, and he's an incredible athlete. He's great. He's a leaper, and he leaper, does dunker. It, yeah. You know everything. I mean, he's one of the bigger dunkers in the in the big sky. I mean, him and Jordan Davis would probably be the the two finalists and the best dunkers in the in the league, right? I mean, and maybe Michael Ogine just because he, you know he's of his slight stature and how high he can jump. Yeah, Michael Ogine would be in the in, in there, league. right? Yeah. But Michael Ogine doesn't have an NBA body. I mean, Michael Ogine is six feet tall, one hundred seventy pounds. Yeah, uh, so. Interesting to see how these guys maximize their opportunities. I'm not. I mean, I don't think that Kelton Blevins is going to make the the Blazers by any means, but it's kind of cool seeing him get dunks in in summer league games. What? Uh, well, we're up against it. I'm going to just quickly. If you want it, if if the NBA is your ultimate goal, probably better to be in the G League than it is to be overseas. Yes. But is it harder to get into the G League than it is to get overseas? 
Well, with these new two-way contracts, that's an interesting opportunity. And we've seen guys like Jeremy Sanglin from Weaver State and Jake mm-hmm. Wiley from Eastern Washington sign two-way contracts, which means that uh, you can play for the G League team, but then you can be called up for a certain designation of days without counting against the team's salary cap or against their active roster in the NBA. And it's a little bit of a loophole that gives guys the opportunity to linger in the NBA. And Will Cherry was on a two-way contract for a little while with the Golden State Warriors, kind of floating back and forth between the G League. Yep. That's a spot you love to be in because then you can, then all of a sudden your your salary fluctuates because then you're getting NBA game checks for the t- games that you are up in the league, and you're also then down in the G League and being able to develop and stuff too. So I think that's the ideal spot to be in. But you know, it is a little bit of an ebb and flow. I remember when uh, I was in college and you know I was living with with Cole Burkwitz, former quarterback for University of Montana, and he. The, the CFL and the NFL calendars are opposite because the CFL season's in the summer. Right. I remember Cole got an opportunity to go sign with the BC Lions, but then he also got invited to Chargers minicamp, and he's like, well, what do I do? Because if I don't make the Chargers, then the CFL season's already going to have started, but probably the opportunity in Canada is a little bit better because, you know, how am I going to really go beat out Billy Volick and Charlie Whitehurst when I can go to BC and, and compete, you know, for a roster spot and maybe even the starting job? And he kind of rolled the dice, and then he ended up going to the Chargers, but then he ended up landed on the practice squad of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and ended up working his way up. But it was this timing thing. Yeah. And then in Saskatchewan, he actually beat out Graham Harrell from Texas Tech and Chase Daniels from Mizzou. Missouri, yeah. And then those guys both ended up, Graham Harrell signed as the backup quarterback for the Packers and Chase Daniels signed as the backup quarterback for, I think, the Saints. And now and Chase Daniels was still in the still NFL. Still doing it. And yeah. so it was ironic because Cole beat those guys out and then – didn't get the opportunity that they got, and he ended up playing for five years in the CFL, which was cool, but not, uh, you know, what if he was the one that got cut and then got into the Packers camp, and then he was the third QB for the Packers, and then all of a sudden he's in the pipeline of the league, and, you know, maybe he plays five years in the NFL instead of the CFL. Who knows? A lot of times the timing is ebbs and flows, and I think that's one thing, you know, Will Terry and Kareem Jamar from the Grizz have both gone through this in recent years, where, you know, when your time to maybe make another run in the NBA comes about, you might have to step away from the international game and, and do it. And then if you risk it, then maybe you're not going to play that next international season. Or, like Kareem Jamar has done, instead of taking that run at the NBA, again, you just say, I'm, I'm good with where I'm at. I'm going to play in this other elite league and, and continue to roll like that. So it, it, it is a timing thing where yeah. you kind of guys have to make the decision for what's best for you. It's 2 Tell Nuwana's, 102.9 ESPN Radio, hour number one in the books, hour number two, coming straight ahead. Bobby Hout, the head coach of the University of Montana Grizzly football team. We had a sit-down conversation with him at the Big Sky Conference Media Days. It happened, uh, the football kickoff, that happened over uh, the weekend, Sunday and Monday. You'll hear that interview next. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not.
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 